from newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ. G'day there and welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. Um, and this morning uh, we've got the, these the, the, the appointments of high-level police jobs. I want to I encapsulate this story in a, in a more pithy way, but I haven't quite managed to yet. Anyway, uh, dodgy dealings in police people's pasts. We, we get into this. Uh, America's Cup anxiety, again. Uh, the plastic bag ban, again. And what's your best job prospect if you're looking to change? But before any of that, a Winston Peters gabble of indecision, or was it too? I know what you're saying. I know what you're sitting there saying. You're saying that Winston interview, was there a, was there a, was there a gabble? Was there a gabble of... A gabble of... Indecision? Is that a what gabble you're of indecision. Was there a gabble of indecision? Have a listen. Is he a good bloke? Look, um, the National Party gave him a couple of honours because of his um, uh, fine service in the police. Look, uh, what do I say, what do I say, what do I say? If you don't believe that, listen to this one. It's a very long So one. you would say he's a, he's a decent sort of person? Look, all I can say is what I uh, know and what I've seen in terms of his professional record... <laughs> I don't so think it's, he... a f- it's a fine distinction because you know we obviously we have a pause of inner turmoil. Yeah, but that but your gabble of indecision is when you you want to say one thing but but you know you can't. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, the problem with that interview was that he wasn't expecting the question line. What he was expecting this morning was me to go at him over a potential conflict of interest, and I already know what his answer was, and he sort of gave it towards the end of the interview. So I came in with the old, is he a good bloke? I sort of I came in with the with with the right hook. I sucker punched him. Of course, uh, the thing that he suck, was sucker punching him about and caused the gabbled the indecisive gabbles uh, uh, was this uh, bloke who apparently said the wrong thing about the Louise Nichols case at the wrong time. And it's all on record. Uh, so, uh, should that mean that he can never do any proper policing ever again? The inference is someone somewhere along the line should have run the highlighter through that particular part of his career, and at the very least, if not culling him early in the process, have alerted the commissioner, who, as I said, already knew, uh, but certainly the minister as well, who appears not to have known. But then we get to the bit the current government, the very ones looking into all of this, tend to favour on past indiscretions, and indiscretions a great deal larger than. Um, Wallies. Things like criminal activity. They favour rehabilitation. They favour second chances. They favour a new start. Three strikes was gone, remember? Andrew Little tells us that punishment doesn't work. Rehab does. Is Wally Homaha not rehabbed? It is claimed he's admitted wrong. He's repented. He's gone on to do good work in a reformed and transformed police service of the 21st century. Is that good enough for the people Wally arrests, but not good enough for Wally himself, is it? Remembering that although what Wally said was repugnant and wrong, it wasn't actually a crime. Even if you accept that the police should be above the rest of us in terms of standards, are we saying the sort of wrong that Wally committed is irreparable? Is that what we're saying, is it? Say it, and that haunts you forever. Is that our rule? And given we all make mistakes and the best we can hope for is to repent, put it behind us and in a productive and positive way move on, how are the indiscretions measured? There are thousands of Homaha-type incidents. Is every one of those individuals damned forever? Are they no promotion, no breaks, no opportunities? The very premise of our system is we learn from our mistakes and wrongs and are given freedom to make 
amends. If this investigation is a witch hunt because they believe they've made a mistake, that would make them, given their three strikes thinking, hypocrites. Yeah, that is a good point from Mike. Uh, we we do all make mistakes. Um, nobody more than me. In fact, I seem to have made a career out of making mistakes. Um, so what I do is I make the mistakes and then make fun of them before anybody else can. And that's how I've got to where I am today. I'm not sure that it's a massive recipe for success. More about my career shortly, but before any of that, uh, is the America's Cup going to happen properly? A deadline has passed. There are others still to come for entries into the next event. We have three, New York, Lunarossa and Great Britain. This is reason, apparently, for consternation. It's one of the more fascinating insights into our culture, into the way we view life and success, the way we choose to ignore fact that we fail to learn from our mistakes, our prejudices, and continue to find fault worry and concern, and in doing that, spend time and energy that ultimately, more often than not, is wasted. This next America's Cup will be a sensation. This is not an event we know nothing of. It's not an event we have not experienced. This is not a new event. This is not a concept we're trying to sell to the world. It's the planet's oldest and most glittering yachting prize, and we are holders. That alone gives us kudos and an enormous head start when it comes to putting the next event together. Grant Dalton, of whom I'm an unabashed fan, cites some issues around the previous management of the Cup, around the size and backing of the British entry in terms of worrying potential competitors and whether they have any chance if they take the plunge and turn up. These are challenges that come race time will have passed with the passage of time and the growing level of excitement. Ultimately for us, it's about a defence. If we win, really, that's all that matters. We saw this in the Rugby World Cup, remember? Yes, hosting was one thing, but winning, that's what it was really all about. Do we want a good number of entries? Well, of course we do. Do we want a good number of quality entries? Yes, of course we do. But what has dogged our participation in the Cup for years now is the seemingly permanent state of misery, this funk that too many of us find or choose to be in. For something that's delivered so much to this country, not just in joy and pride and patriotism, but also in infrastructure and jobs, there would be few things we as a nation have dealt with that has been so fantastically successful, and yet we still find ourselves so negative about. For a country generally proud of boxing above our weight and that particular mentality, what is it about this event that we can find so much fault and with so much of it based on little more than prejudice? I know, it's a rich man's game. I know it's mega yachts and billionaires. It's elitist, blah, blah, blah. But when each race rolls round, when each event is held, the ratings go through the roof, the nation stops, the ticker tape parades are organised. So why? Why again? Three years out, are we anything but excited and full of anticipation? Team New Zealand are a world-class group that have proved they know what they're doing and they know how to win. We will once again be on the map. The millions will roll in. The place will be a party. The jobs will come. The economic benefit will flow. It's been that way before. It will be that way Oh, this is all very disappointing stuff, of course. I was really hoping they'd cancel it, but they haven't yet. Um, I mean, you know, there, there is, there's always a chance, one hopes. Uh, seems like a day doesn't go past at the moment without complaining about plastic bags, one way or the other. By the way, can I just tell you quickly, do I have time for this? Actually, I do. I want to tell you about the, uh, the Australian... We've made pro- time, Mike. Okay. We've, 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 bent time. <laughs> we've bent the laws of physics, Thank time you. and space. Thank you so, so much. you can say whatever you want. Listen to this. Listen to this. Let me quote you this. This is the Australian Product, uh, Commission, uh, Productivity Commission report back in 2006. It is clear there would be costs that might well outweigh the claimed benefits associated with banning shopping bags, and such a ban would only address problems associated with less than 1% of plastic bags that become litter. They did a study, that's what they concluded. Recycling can be good to a point, 
but there are diminishing returns from recycling and there will be costs to the community where it is pushed too far. Recycling itself consumes resources. Productivity Commission. They conclude the report uh, also found that plastic bags have an important food safety role and as many as 75% of households refuse them rather than throw them away. Productivity Commission. So they've looked into plastic bags because Australia was going to ban them by 2008. Never happened, and that's what they concluded. Yes, but as I always say, I don't care what happens in Australia because mostly it's Australians that are doing it. Why would we take any notice of that? Going to finish up here. Don't worry, I'm not having any plans to move to Australia for a job anytime soon, no matter how good it might be. All the ins and the outs, it's The Biz. On the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ on News Talk ZB. Yes, tomorrow morning's game, I'm looking forward to that. If you're, um, if you're looking for a change of career, by the way, we might have some uh, good money options for you. So Kantar have done some research into the industries with the best pay rises. Best keep pay talking, rises keep talking. Over a career, so over the career. So what we've got three, consulting, aviation, engineering. So you start off... Well, hang with, on, consulting. I know. What, is it, what does that mean? Anything. It's anything or everything. You can be anything you want. But I've you often off... thought about leaving this job and then hiring myself back as a consultant to the breakfast show. Well, starting 55 grand. And you can almost double your pay. All three get close to $100,000 a year median salary with experience. So um, double your pay. Well, there's nobody more experienced than me. Why don't you quit now? I've been doing this show twice as long as you have. Quit quit now and see if we hire you back. (laughs) Mm, I see see the problem with my plan. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, my whole uh, strategy for career longevity is to just keep my head down and hope that nobody notices that I'm still here. Uh, Because if they do, they might say, what does that guy do exactly? And then um, somebody would probably say... Um, he goes into a small room and talks to himself and pretends that it's a podcast that other people listen to. I am Glenn ZB. That was the rewrap. I mean, you're listening. Surely you're not the only one. Um, I'll see you back here again tomorrow when we'll all, all of us will get together again. <laughs> all of us. All of us.